Ladies and gentlemen, and low lives. And we're back for another episode of Meatball Thoughts. I am your host, Tomas Sebastian, and I have a returning guest, very excited, sitting right across from me in the diner, unmasked, double vaxxed, hugs and all. <laughs> Stephanie Dickinson, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on, Tomas. This yeah. is incredible being inside a restaurant. I know, right? I was like, <laughs> the amount of times I see people that come into the diner now too that are just like, they'll they'll come in and they'll be like oh yeah, I have to take this off so that I can eat. Which is like, it seems a little silly at this point because the staff are masked up. But then there's like dozens of people, like literally yesterday, so today's Monday, uh, yesterday was brunch, and we had all of these tables we're seating people at. <laughs> and it's also strange, you know, that whole like dance of like the server coming over and taking you to your table and you s it's like we've forgotten how to do a yeah. lot of the simple things so i'm never leaving just fyi <laughs> <laughs> well there is a cot in the back I, I typically use it on sunday evenings but um just a joke folks just a joke <laughs> i only live seven minutes away so <laughs> it's very very easy for me to go home but i uh I have switched up the the format a little bit since last time you were on. Obviously, no John now. Um, uh, he'll be back in the future. But um, so typically, we do. Our, I've been doing the shoutouts uh, at the beginning of the episode just to like you know get people that little piece of information, then they can so choose to to listen to the rest of the podcast. I feel like it's a little more a little more appropriate and. Uh, when I when I did that when I shouted out uh, dispatch in uh, in St. Catharines, uh, he really enjoyed that. So I was like, okay, you know what? I can take a little little note from Chef and and, and let's go from there. So, without further ado, what are your 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 picks for this week? So this is always a very difficult question because mm -hmm. I wrote about over a hundred restaurants, new restaurants in Oof. June, and I'm definitely over a hundred for July. Nice. So it's you know it's hard to pick just a few, but of course uh, Twenty Victoria, okay. new restaurant on Victoria Street mm -hmm. in Toronto. Um, Gia, which is a new restaurant on Dundas West. Mm -hmm. And also, there's a retail store in Scarborough Town Center called Black Owned Toronto, which features cool. uh, black owned businesses, and many of them are food businesses. And oh, that right. just opened. Um, like different preserves or things like that? Yeah, and cookies, baked goods, um, sauces, condiments. So I, I think I was the first one to write about the opening uh, out of the food media. Pressure dirt um, off your shoulder on that one. No, just <laughs> I, I was so excited. I, I yeah. kept checking and checking, waiting for it. And it, of course, got delayed like many things in, mm. in COVID. But very excited to go and check out this, this store. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. So, like, have you you've eaten at 20 Victoria then? I just went, yes. Okay. Excited for future menus? Excited about the current menu? How are we feeling? It was transcendent. It was right. um, exactly, I mean, I have only been to a handful of restaurants during COVID. Mm. Um, so being back in a kind of finer dining, even though it was outside with, you know, service and the plating and the ingredients and 
it was uh, very emotional actually it was yeah. yeah it was unbelievable I didn't want to leave yeah you're like just just bring me another bottle of wine let's just let's just make this a night yes like I went to uh, so like a week and a half ago two weeks ago or something like that uh, I ran my first half marathon and I went like just not for anything just for me Um, and I went to Winona after to celebrate just with myself and I just sat there and ate like $120 worth of food (laughs) (laughs) which for them is like their their pricing isn't too bad and it's reasonably reasonably priced and decent portions and all that jazz um but i I was very similar thing where i was just like i don't i could just giggle and like make friends at other tables like i don't i don't want to leave like i imagine you went with somebody yes yeah okay but uh, you know we're not all loners like me (laughs) well that's one thing about patios that i find interesting is when we could indoor dine it was fairly easy to dine alone Mm. which I do quite a bit just for my work mm-hmm. as well as personally. Um, I just like being in restaurants, so mm-hmm. I would rather do that than go to a movie or anything else. So that's kind of my form of entertainment. But on patios, it seems kind of selfish to be taking up the one ah. table because you know they they have to turn them over as much as they possibly can, and I I feel kind of funny about being on a patio by myself. I would rather take someone so that it's. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But I'm I'm glad you went. <laughs> glad I, I I I was uh, selfish enough for the two of us. How about that? <laughs> I don't think it's selfish of other people. No, I no, just I know, see I it from the industry for side, sure. of course. I'm thinking, oh my god, well, I better turn this over. And that's why I'm like, well, I gotta order like six things. So it's as if two people ate this yes, food. Yes, essentially that's what actually I did. The solution there <laughs> is enough. I basically rolled myself the three four blocks home. <laughs> um, but it was it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I mean on that on that note of like getting back into restaurants, like what have you what have you noticed? Like the 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 like there's certainly people that are trepidatious and they don't want they're like no, I'm not ready to sit in a restaurant again where or there's some people like a lot of our regulars at the diner, a lot of our patrons, they're they're like, no, let's go. I'm, I want to. I, I remember sitting here. I remember loving sitting in those booths. I want to sit back there. I want to be squished in next to my kids or my or my significant other or friends or whatever. Um, like, what what have you noticed just from sitting on these patios and, and observing? Um, I think there is that big divide of a lot of people not ready yet, and because mm. this has happened. Uh, in this period where it's still warm enough and patios are still available, I think a lot of people who are trepidatious are just securing themselves on the patios and then, you know, come fall, whatever happens in terms of numbers, um, may venture back in. But I I feel like a, a big part of the population, other than, you know, real restaurant lovers or industry people, are keeping a, a little at arm's length on the patio just for now Hmm. do you think like because like you're saying like you know we'll see what happens come the fall with the numbers like do we go back into lockdown if they spike do you think or do you think it's just like becomes this vaccine passport of like people who aren't like we're both double vaxxed which is amazing i'm like you know what i'll I'll drink the kool-aid i don't care i don't need to be someone who's 
you know, I'm abrasive enough in my day to day. I don't need to be abrasive with vaccines. Um, but like, do you think we're able to lock it down again? That's a tough question. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like everyone is just at this, you know, saturation point of mm. being fed up and being like everyone just wants to be free and let loose. And I think once the cooler weather comes, um, that, you know, once the decision of not being able to be on the patios and having to go indoors and depending on the numbers at that time will really be the deciding factor. But I, I, I think restaurants are, you know, they have been doing everything properly from the very beginning and they've been the ones that have been uh, punished and shafted the most yeah and so you know if I know it's the issue of having your mask off um, indoors but with everything that restaurants are are doing um, you know they're doing everything that they possibly can to be mm -hmm. safe and follow the rules and contact contact tracing tracing and sanitizing and, and all of that so um, you know like it, it almost seems just like such a redundant thing to just keep punishing like we're just or maybe redundant's the wrong word um it just seems it's just like it's just foolish it's just you're not you're not taking it at least you know you you uh report on restaurants i work in restaurants and it's just Obviously, we don't want to see it locked down again because then that just means more people get hurt, more businesses go away, more people's lives get destroyed. Um, but like, it's almost like they're just not. There's an element to it where I feel as though. Certainly, I don't know this to be fact or anything, but I feel as though they're just. There's been so much placating with, with just. Uh, I mean, everyone on this podcast knows I'm not a big fan of Dougie, Dougie Ford. He's a bit of a child, but um, it's a big old baby, big fat baby. Um, it's not inaccurate. <laughs> um, but I think he's just like, he just doesn't want to point the finger at his own methods of being to yeah I'm stuttering on this I'm getting frustrated sorry um, he just like if he was to follow some version of science unless so his gut instinct initially I think we would all be much less frustrated at this point where it was well we're gonna close down we're not gonna close down we're gonna close we're not gonna close especially that two-week little chunk in in the spring where he was just like I don't know you guys figure it out for two weeks my worry is that, um, you know, I do the open closed every Thursday, mm -hmm. and it's been a lot of openings and then some closures, but there is a huge wave of closures coming, mm -hmm. um, come for sure in September, and there's a bunch that I know of already, but they haven't confirmed. Mm -hmm. um, there are ones that are, are still, you know, hanging on by their, um, just by the the skin of their teeth yes yeah. i was trying to think of an, another <laughs> but laurels. yeah um so my worry is that this whole patio situation you know now that indoor dining has opened it mm. is 
a little bit of a reprieve, but with the weather, with patios, uh, you, that's a big thing that I have is, you know, patios are not the saving grace that the, that the city is making out them, no. them out to be. Um, they're, they're helpful and they're, they are going to save some businesses, but what people don't realize is the amount of tables that they can have and, and guests, um, isn't enough to cover the rent and they well it's it's a I, joke for some places too because you're like you can see 200 people inside and then they give you a 40 person patio and you're like this is hilarious or like 10 person or even less three, three people yeah, yeah. I, I've seen quote unquote patios of a table of one with two chairs and Jesus. I mean you know how, how can they possibly survive and there's just there's so much that um, I think the public you know the media has been droning on and on like restaurants are having a tough time and I think people understand it but I I don't think people understand that now kind of things that have relaxed and patios are quote-unquote unsuccessful in terms of mainstream media I don't think the public realizes like how dire still the situation is for restaurants mm. and and how I think going into the winter it it will be worse yeah. so yeah, there's no, there's no way that this year is just going to be the saving grace. No, and so anything that the public can do to to help restaurants, you know, mm. supplement your groceries with products from restaurants, do takeout a couple of times a week, um, a anything to to help them get through this time. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know, like, certainly, um, we've had, you know. Even, even at the diner, we've had a fair amount of luck with our regulars, you know, supporting buying donuts or bread or uh, now produce from the farm. We do these produce boxes, um, you know, like 20 bucks a pop, and you get a solid amount of vegetables. Um, but uh, speaking of which, I've got a little surprise for you later. Um, but like, I think it's... It really, like, it makes me a little sad, honestly, to just think about the fact that, like, the amount of times we, yes, there are, like you said, there's hundreds of new businesses opening, but it's like, the spots, like, I mean, there's legitimate concern. I don't want to see this place go away. I don't want to see, uh, you know, if for some god-awful reason the comrade would were to go away or eastbound or and then it just becomes this like weird conglomerate of weed shops and multi-million dollar restaurant corporations that just own the city and you're like it doesn't like it it can it genuinely concerns me i went home last night and was just i was tired and i was hungry and i was i just needed to you know um just like take a shower and go to sleep and whatever and this morning I felt much better but it was one of those things where I, I couldn't shake that feeling of like man I haven't felt this way in a restaurant in a long time I haven't felt this uncertain of of the future and even of a place that is is as good as it is as I, I'm very fortunate to work at the diner and, and the food is great and the, and, and the owners are great and and all that jazz, but it's becoming even more and more apparent that that doesn't mean shit anymore. Because you're you're playing by these 
weird little ass backwards rules. Well, I think what a lot of people don't realize is there's the location mm -hmm. which adversely affects you. For example, the financial district, mm -hmm. all those businesses yeah, that done. everyone's calling it a ghost town. Um, there's also a number of businesses that uh, cl have closed up until the very recent opening. Um, a diner that I used to go to on the weekends and they didn't do any takeout during the lockdowns. Mm. So they just closed and so they've been closed for months and months and months and they've done the same thing that you guys have done here with um, the dividers but it's it's been like there there has been no way to support them mm -hmm. during that time so there's and they're uh, I think of I think they just celebrated their 50th anniversary so there's a lot of older restaurants that have been kind of just going along before the pandemic just kind of making it okay mm -hmm. and then as the pandemic happened they you know don't have websites and they, they don't have all of those things to quote unquote pivot their business and so a lot of those businesses just kind of had to like stagnate and freeze in time and just shut down and just cross their bloody fingers it's like yes and so a lot of people don't realize that you know they're it's everyone's been great about supporting like their local restaurants but there's a bunch of restaurants that are on side streets that aren't you know mm -hmm. uh, they don't get the the traffic or um, places like in the financial district where I mean yeah there's it like just because it was a financial it doesn't mean that there wasn't some tasty ass food down there either like it was that I mean not to say that I would go down there very often but I would meet family members down there uh, every once in a while a few years ago if they were in town or something like that or one of my cousins works for TD so we'd go out for dinner periodically and I'd be like yeah pick a spot like, let's go and it's not like it's good food and I think the other thing people don't realize is that with the insane influx of new places which is what everyone gets so excited about that's the first question people ask me is where, yeah. what's new what where, where have you been lately um, is that all of these older restaurants are being left behind mm -hmm. and all of those you know backyard pizza and all of these businesses that were were and are operating from home have now become competition for definitely takeout and delivery for all of the brick and mortar places and I think a lot of people don't realize that it's not just someone having a dream and opening a restaurant there's a lot of um, processes in place like the owners have to go through police checks you have to do food and safety handling you have to have fire exits and inspections and mm -hmm. a lot of businesses that popped up and have kind of thrived during the pandemic haven't had to do any of that mm -hmm. and so yeah they've skirted that it's an twenty thousand dollars worth of cost to it is an unlevel playing field and that has that business is business that a brick and mortar place and i'm not saying that you know I'm calling you out john <laughs> 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 toronto bentos no just <laughs> just kidding and i'm i'm not against you know those businesses or anything but i i've just i i i feel for the older restaurants because they have had such a difficult mm -hmm. time 
competing with all of these new places. And if you don't have a website, and if you don't have, well, that's like like the tulip. The Tulip's apps. gone now. Yes, been gone for a year now. And you're like, like, is the nose next? Is um, these are all restaurants in the East End, folks. Um, <laughs> since most of you live in the it's, West End. It's funny because I spoke to a restaurant owner in Parkdale mm. and I mentioned... Which one? I, well, I Tell me after. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say. Um, but I had mentioned a place in the East End and mm. she said, oh, I don't know anything about the East End. And I was like... Like people live there. <laughs> but also as a business person, like yeah. that, that could be a whole other for yeah. all of those industry people you know there's a wider net from where you're where you live and where you work and I, I think a lot of people don't think mm -hmm. that there's a ton of business that they could be getting outside of their yeah their own well, I mean, names <laughs> I, I've, I've fallen victim to that a number of times like I used to live and work in Parkdale and Parkdale is a weird little ecosystem where you're just like you get trapped in this like little loop of like I've got, you know, a couple of grocery stores and there's lots of bars and a fair amount of restaurants and I can just keep doing this little circle dance in Parkdale where I go from work to home to the bar and keep doing that and that and that. But like getting outside, like coming to the East End was one of the most, and I try and tell people that, that I know are looking for businesses or like even John and Matt, I was just like, what, open up a spot in the East End, man. Like your stuff is better than Hooked. No offense, Hooked. But, like, it's better product. It's better priced. And they're looking for a little brick-and-mortar spot anyways. And I'm like, open up the East End, man. Like, you guys would deal with Hooked. Like, you, it would be direct competition for sure. But, like, and, yeah, Hooked's established already. But, like, people would come and check you out and they would understand it. And they're like, well, I don't know. We both live in the West. And it's like... Yeah, but, like, there's, like, this weird little untapped market to a degree. Obviously, not, not every business will thrive anywhere, but well, and I'm always, like, come to the East, man. Like, it's quiet. People give a shit about the neighborhood. They're not, like, they're, they're not inappropriate little hipsters that are, that, like, just care about what's, new and exciting and want to post it on Instagram like this is there's families and neighborhoods that get behind businesses and I think more it's a, so at least from what I can tell yes I agree and I it's not just a like there's often the conversation of west versus east Parkdale versus Leslieville kind of conversation but it's it's much bigger than that a lot of restaurants um, that either have one or two locations in this last year have expanded out to Oakville, uh, Thornberry, mm -hmm. um, like Thornberry is, it's like Prince Edward County right now. You probably Let's can't. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> road trip, road trip. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but th it, there are a lot of opportunities, and I'm not saying, you know, leave Toronto because they, mm -hmm. they all have places still here. But if you do have a business and you are looking elsewhere there are so many neighborhoods and mm. places that that would support your type of business you just yeah. kind of have like to don't just try and be on dundas west <laughs> or queen west like nobody cares nobody. <laughs> i mean i look there there are a select few spots where i will give the time of day in on osington 
and Queen Dundas and that whole area. That whole little, I'll, 100%. Crosley's being one of them. Obviously, uh, Joe Miles, friends of the podcast. Um, Joe, phenomenally talented. He also buys veg from the from the farm, so like, it's kind of a no-brainer. But I will say, speaking mm-hmm. of Ossington, is that for a very long time, it was very established. There mm-hmm. were the big players, and then there were kind of little takeout spots or places that you would go once or twice a week for takeout or indoor dining. Yeah. But in the last you year... You either go for pho or, or go to Union. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was like, those are your two options if you didn't want to go to Bomber. There, there are, I forget how many exactly, mm-hmm. but th- let's say there's 45 or 50 restaurants between uh, mm-hmm. Dundas and Queen. In the last year, there has been such a major turnover mm-hmm. that even one restaurant opened and it's since moved down the street and opened another restaurant. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just completely... I, I was there a few days ago and it there are a few established spots that have been there and probably will be there for another five years but or more but come on union <laughs> but uh, a bunch of new places have come in mm. um, so and Queen West like from uh, Spadina to Bathurst and then going west Queen mm-hmm. West and into Parkdale that whole strip has completely Mm. turned over there's there's very little that has been there for a long time um maybe five seven years kind of average but i i can't believe the amount of like the drake maybe four and six and what's the other one (laughs) right it's It's, like it's 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 bananas it's it's really astounding and a lot of times i because of covid i wouldn't have been in a neighborhood for a while Mm. and when i would go back to one like let's say you'd be like what the (laughs) what the hell's going on here yeah it's it's a completely different place which is good as from a diner's perspective because you can kind of do um a crawl or you know a tour of of a neighborhood and be surprised by Mm. what's still there and honor the older restaurants and then you know check out the the new places that yeah. have, have come yeah. around that's a good point i just like the amount of times i i try and tell people I'm like just come east <laughs> the air is fresher there's more cute kids there's still lots of dogs here <laughs> i think now with uh, like the beaches for example the beaches yeah. used to be a very difficult spot for restaurants mm. and there wasn't really anything in terms of like a destination um, or something that you could, there were a few older reliable spots, but a lot of things came and went and closed down and. Yeah, but like the, the Beecher Cafe is like, is that what it is? The Beecher or the. I think it's. Yeah, I just like, eh. <laughs> Well. No, 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 not mean to throw shade on them, but like it's, eh. With the proliferation of. Um, people buying houses in the East End from mm. the Danforth and as it got less expensive towards Greenwood and Woodbine and mm. all of those kind of stretches of East Danforth and, and East Beaches, Upper Beaches, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been such an abundance of great restaurants coming in mm-hmm. and so that, you know, enlivens the area and brings people from a little bit west, maybe not Parkdale, but so those types of things really change not only the the local scene, but but people coming in from mm. other directions. Yeah. yeah. Kyoka is a great spot out there too. 
one of the one of the better ramens in the city if I'm if I'm feeling like that. Except they never they still didn't do any um maybe they're oh they'd probably be doing dine in now. Maybe that's what I'll have for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Is you should just come on every week and we can just talk about where we're gonna have for dinner, yeah. <laughs> what what we're gonna eat for dinner. Um, I mean, is there? Is there is there something where? I know certainly a coworker of mine. I won't. He doesn't want me to use his name, so. But if anybody knows anybody of the staff at the diner, it's not hard to figure out. Um, coworker of mine and I were talking yesterday, uh, and for the last couple of weeks, just about how tricky, how tricky it's been to like hire staff again. More specifically, more, more specifically, uh, front of house, because they're not willing to work for server minimum wage anymore. Are you seeing like? I imagine in your travels throughout the world. I imagine you've traveled the world. Um, I hope you have. No? Just lived in Toronto your whole life? Yeah, actually. Yeah? Toronto is my home base, and I mean, this is where all the restaurants are, so I don't have to go too far to... That's a good ass point. Quote, unquote, travel the world. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, certainly in other parts of the world, there's there's a, a culture of, you know, not tipping. In Germany, right. it's rude if you tip over 5%. Um, other places, there's just flat out no tipping because their staff are paid a decent salary. Like, I don't know if you've heard from anybody or if, you're, if, you're, if your ear is close to that grindstone about just... Do you, do you see that going in the direction? Do we like? Do we see Toronto going in the direction of no tipping and actual salaries for front house employees? Um, so I will just say about the hiring mm -hmm. that you know everyone is having a difficult time, both front of house and back of house. Um, I'm getting a lot of requests and emails and DMs. You know, hey, do you know anyone who who wants to work? Um, and there are, are a lot of reasons for that. Some people have left the industry, some people are still getting subsidies, um, and some are just trying to figure things out, like trying to figure out what they want to do. And uh, some are away for the summer, like it's the summer months, so people are on vacation. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things at play, but it is a, a real problem in the industry that many places are having trouble hiring. Mm -hmm. um, but once the subsidies end, I believe in September, maybe that that will help. And you know, the summer months when everyone's feeling a little more vacationy and and not worried about things. Yeah, maybe that'll calm calm it and down. And when school gets back to and you know life, quote unquote, gets back to normal in September. But um, in terms of tipping, of course, we all heard about and I wrote about the few few restaurants that were doing and are doing no tipping mm -hmm. um, and you know it's it's something that comes up every few years and at that time it's you know kind of a, a swell of interest about it but not really anything yeah, nobody there's not enough people that enact it to push that way forward a little bit yes and the the consensus is basically is that 
many, many people, establishments and owners, mm -hmm. would have to do it in order for it to build momentum. And a lot of places that um, did do no tipping, I'm speaking mostly in the States, have gone back to tipping, mm. which makes the case a little bit more difficult. Mm. You know, uh, if, if there were, let's say, even 20% of restaurants that didn't tip, it may be enough to kind of sway more people. But, but that 0.2%. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very small amount. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's not a good idea, but it really has to be an en masse kind of hmm. movement for, for it to work. Yeah. And in order for that to happen, there has to be a lot of things changed within the industry, which will take time and grit, I think. Yeah. Like, like what? Like, what, give us, give us an example of something you could, you, you see that that would need to change. Well, just in terms of like the w wage increasing and how restaurants are able to do that, and I mean, it took me personally and the media um, many years to inform and educate people about the delivery apps. Mm. I mean that w the the whole fees and commissions and all of that people kind of knew about it but didn't really care and it wasn't until just prior to the pandemic and then the pandemic that the the public really was finally after we just kind of banged on about it for months and months mm -hmm. that the public was like oh i see if i if i order directly from the website it'll save the restaurant 7.5 percent off as opposed to clicking on the the app directly yeah yeah. Um, and you know people still don't know that and still don't understand but it it took a number of years and so it's not going to be an overnight thing where everyone says okay we're just not tipping um, and in this time of the pandemic I think has also really skewed it because now that it's only been a few days that we've been indoors mm -hmm. I think people are so effusive with like oh my god you know welcome back we want to support you yeah. and so the tip is a part of that it's you know i'm gonna buy i'm so appreciative yes of of this space and of you for being here doing this for me yes and so it's kind of taken room. on yeah. a, a bigger importance from the diner's perspective mm. and so i mean even when i went out to winona i tipped him 50 bucks on a 120 dollar bill like I'm not I'm not made of money but like I was like hey this felt really good thank you very much yes yeah so mm. it's it's a very tricky time to try and mm. get something like that going um, I'm not saying it can't happen but it really does have to and it's it's not like the industry can come together and say okay this is what we're gonna be doing but they also have to work within the the frames of the government and the public and like there's a lot of kind of battles uphill battles that mm -hmm. they they have to fight in order for that to happen so it's not just as easy i think maybe the public thinks that that they can just say okay we're not going to tip anymore and it just kind of grows into this movement unless someone makes a tiktok about it and it blows up <laughs> maybe that's what we should be doing are, today. You, on, are you on tiktok <laughs> i i i just starting yeah yeah Ugh, maybe you can give me some pointers. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't want to do it. 
Uh, mostly just because I don't want to give my information to the Chinese government, but I'm sure they already have it. That's okay. The opinions on this podcast are not shared by all. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. It's all, it's all feelings, not facts. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a country song. Uh, I actually got it from another podcast uh, called Flagrant 2. It's a comedian's podcast. They say uh, highly inappropriate things in an effort to make people laugh. But when they talk, they, uh, they have a segment called Feelings No Facts. And they just rant and rave. So, um, but uh, we're sitting at uh, about 36, 37 minutes. Um, because the podcast is a little more solo now. Maybe I'd, I'd, I'd keep them a little shorter, a little more digestible for people. Um, but uh, really appreciate you coming in um, and sitting down again. Always a pleasure. Uh, would love to have you on again soon course um please uh let everybody know your your handles your your email address your your mailing address no (laughs) that sounds like the end of um i want to say it's not hot wings hot hot ones hot ones yeah i mean this camera this camera yeah right oh that yeah yeah it's true maybe i'm taking a little too much from other people's shows (laughs) Uh, Tell them what you want to... That's a good point. That's a good point. No, I, I just think it's it's a great finish. And it, and also, uh, it's okay. it, it's it's like the roaring of the crowd. Shout out to this camera, this camera. Tell <laughs> them what you're doing. Um, so I'm Stephanie Dickinson, founder of Toronto Restaurants, which you can find online. on a I, It's a website, not a blog, mm-hmm. not a page. But I do have an Instagram, torontorestaurants.co. And I hope you follow and like and... Yeah read and thank you for your support and Tomas thank you so much for having me on the podcast it's always a pleasure to talk to you about the industry cheers bye for now